0: Shall we begin?
1: Let's begin now. This is Brianna Stewart and listening to Dishon and Swishon.
0: Hi everybody, it's David Siegel welcoming you to our third Dishon and Swishon podcast on the WNBA Draft. So far you've heard from Mike Neighbors about his duo Kelsey Plum and Chantal Osahor, and then you heard Brenda Fries talk about Shatori, Walker, Kimbrough and Brianna Jones. So we're gonna cover three at one swoop on this time. I you know, I talked about two with the others and I've worked up to three and I've worked up to a championship coach. Coach Don Staley, congratulations on being the national champion and welcome back to Dish and Intuition.
1: Wow, thank you. And it's so good to be in, you know, be on the show again and talk about our national championship and of course of course our babies that are our- that are leaving the program.
0: You know, it, it's uh, you know, I'm sure it, it's going to be tough to replace this trio next year. But you know, j- just for a sec, talk about you know having this group at school this past year and you know what it was like coaching them.
1: Um, it was it was exciting to be quite honest. I know it. You know, people look at it and, and maybe see it as a challenge, and it was every bit of that. Just figuring out. How we get everybody to work, how we get everybody to feel like they're making an impact, how they want to make an impact, and also just creating a, an atmosphere of sacrifice, because all of them, all of them had to sacrifice in, in one way or another, but yet we, you know, in sacrificing, we don't want them to lose sight of what, you know, what inspires them and what fuels them to be better individually, to help us be better collectively, but, you know, to have a myriad of talent like we had, um, you can do some things as a coach. And sometimes, you know, when you don't have as much talent as we had this particular year, I, I do think sometimes it cycles your growth as a coach because you can't, you, you, you stay in this box. And with this group, we could do a lot of different things. On both sides of the ball, we could post up big guards. You know, we can, you know, we could play with our two bigs and, and have our high lows. We could have, you know, gone, you know, a small line up, four out, one in. And, you know, with playing a variety of different ways, it just gives you so much, you know, so, so much versatility. And as a coach, you gotta keep up with it to make sure that we're capitalizing on every every mismatch that's out there on the floor. So it was absolutely an incredible year for us and it you know, it helped me as a coach just dig a little bit deeper and, and get out of myself a little bit and just kinda of take take what the what the talent gave us.
0: Well, you know, I think that's part of the flexibility that you're talking about, made it uh easier to adjust to life without Elena when she went down. Uh, I think people were, were really surprised at how easily your team adapted, but I think you hit it right on the head you've already you had already been playing with people in multiple positions and multiple sets and doing different things,
1: yeah, and I think sometimes people you know you know people <laughs> people looked looked at us a little bit differently and not really you know they didn't see you know what we were working towards um because we looked so much the same as as far as having those two big uh, playing together over the past, uh, two or three seasons, and you, you get stuck in that. And, and sometimes our opponents get stuck in that. And, and it's unfortunate that we had some injuries to Asia Wilson two weeks, um, about two weeks into when we were in our SEC, uh, conference play, and then Elena, Elena Coates got injured at the end of the season. And you just, you just figure things out, and you don't credit with, None of our coaching staff really, you know, of course we did, we hated losing those players at that, those times. Um, but if your players feel that, they're gonna feel like they don't have a shot, they're gonna feel unworthy, and they're gonna feel like, you know, uh, not very confident. And we didn't, we didn't allow that to happen. We just kept it moving, and they just kept it moving with us, and they embraced whatever challenge that they were faced with, and, and won us the national championship.
0: Well, congratulations again, and we might as well start right there with Elena, and you know, the news came out that she has had ankle surgery, and that's going to slow her down, obviously, for the initial part of the WNBA season, if not for a full season, because the details are not totally out yet as to what was, what the procedure was. So so let's talk about what she's going to bring to the table, though. When somebody looks at Elena, Elena Coates and looks to draft her in a in a top-five spot, probably, what, what are they bringing into camp? What are they looking at for the future
1: uh, elena Koch theres there's not a there's not a, a big that is as agile and mobile um and as strong as elena Coates I mean she can run the floor like a guard. I think the court is probably too small too short for her um she communicates she's great in um, ball screen defense um if she gets two feet in the paint. You know, obviously she's been one of the most efficient players in the country over the past, you know, over her entire career. Um, She she does have a little mid-range. She just doesn't shoot it all the time. She just, for some reason, we try to get her to do it, um, but it's right on the mark. Um, And, you know, probably her biggest and best uh, attribute is, is her ability to rebound in and outside of her area. She's not afraid to bang She's not afraid to, you know, to to bruise. Um, she is somebody that is pretty talented, and I, I do believe her best basketball is in front of her. Is in front of her playing against the best, the players in the you know in the in the WNBA and in the game itself.
0: When you look at her game, you mentioned the fact that she's a little hesitant to take that that jump shot, which will obviously be important as she goes into the next level uh getting the confidence to take that during games. What else do you think that she would need to improve on? Where do you think that she might struggle initially compared to the college game? Uh, it would seem to me that the mobility of, you know, a, a Brittany Griner and a Sylvia Fowles, you know, may cause some initial problems for her on the defensive end.
1: Well, probably, you know, it's going to take her um, a, a, a while to, to make that transition uh, with the pace of the game, not not necessarily the game itself. Um, when you're implementing a new system, um, maybe the terminology, I think you'll struggle a little bit with that. Like any college player, um, because you're you're trying to fit you know your entire season into a, a three week period, whereas in college you got you got you know two months and three months to get ready for. a season, and WNBA, you got two to three weeks, and that's really hard on, you know, a a player, any player coming out of college.
0: So now when we can, let's continue on, and and we'll talk for a second about uh, Alicia Gray next, and she is one of my favorite people in the draft. Uh, I love the overall game, I love the fact that she impacts the game in so many different ways, and you know, you really put her her flexibility and versatility on full display come NCAA tournament time with her, you know, sliding up to the four at some times, playing three, and you know she can go just about anywhere she wants to on the court.
1: I mean, she's I mean, she's a coach's dream to be quite honest because so she's going to do what you you asked her to do um, with with no lip service, none. Um, she's extremely competitive. Um, obviously she's versatile. She could play a lot of different positions. Um she can shoot mid range, you know, she could play downhill, get into the basket, especially going left. Um, she rebounds the basketball in and outside of her area. Uh and she defends. I mean she's just relentless. I mean she doesn't want people to score on her. You know, whether she's giving up height and girth or whether she's giving up quickly. She just stays engaged and stays in the play. And when you're playing at that level, playing you know, with the, the layers of talent that you'll see night in and night out, you need that. You need that to compete and and, and succeed at that level when she's got, she's got the good.
0: And then the other person, of course, that, that's leaving uh, is Kayla Davis, who, you know, she really sort of picked up her game, especially on the offensive end, when it was needed with Elena being out, uh, she 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 may be a little more inconsistent at times compared to the other two, but she when she's on has a higher upside than probably any of them in the draft. Yes,
1: yeah. yes yeah, she does. I mean, Caitlin, you know if I if I had her body, I would probably still be in the league right now. <laughs> I mean, she's got the perfect athletic body. She's long, she's lean, she's strong. Um, she's versatile. She she can she can score a variety of ways. Um, and I, for me, the biggest jump was her ability to defend. Just commit to defending, um, which makes her game complete. The the team that gets Kayla, you know, is going to be able to do a lot of things with her. Um, I think I think the again her best days are ahead of her. I think she's she's more. Um, driven by challenges. Um, so the WNBA and playing these players night and night, night out, uh, will, will make her rise to the challenge of it like she did in our postseason play. When the stakes were the highest is when she performed the best. And that's what we're looking forward to seeing her do in the WNBA and abroad.
0: If you look at the teams in the WNBA right now, what is the type of system, that you would think would be really a really good situation for each of your three picks. Uh Each of the would they be better off in a you know fast pace, slow pace, you know guard oriented? What what would be the best of all worlds if you could pick a spot for each well, of your three?
1: Well, I I think with with any of them, I think I think San Antonio's got the top pick. Um, <laughs> I, I gotta say with with any of the three, um, they could be an asset to it. but with elena, I think elena will be you know will, will be best served with someone a coach that can give her some attention because once she gets the attention and she knows what she's doing, um, you know it, it won't surprise me if she's one of the best ten players in the country um with alicia and and Kayla. Um, I think they could play in any system. You know, I think someone like, you know, Dallas, you know, where they're they're more guard oriented, um, would would best serve probably Alicia, um, where she can just play off of what she does naturally. Um a coach that I think would be good for for Kayla is probably Cheryl Reed. Um, she's not gonna drop that far down but Nope. I think, you know, just being around players like Maya Moore and having a point, experienced point guard, um, um, having an experienced point guard that can show her the way like Lindsay Whalen, uh, will benefit. Cause, cause Taylor's cerebral. She, you know, she likes to know her why and, 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 and system. And when she knows her why, she, she can, she can do her thing. And I, I just think those, those, franchises will do great you know Mike too I like uh Mike Tebow and what he does cause, you know he does a great job at teaching and explaining and you know when you have great teachers um, you, you have great students and they are you know very very good at listening and learning and executing
0: well I think uh, I think you might have a better shot of putting Kayla with Lindsay and Maya in USA basketball than her falling to the links <laughs> I don't think that what's going to happen unless uh... – Maybe. maybe. <laughs> so, so one question I do have for you now, you have two players that transferred in, sat out a year, played a year, and now are leaving. Is this the WNBA women's basketball one and done? Are we going to see more of this type of thing, you think, where people go in for one – Year or is it just the the circumstances that it's a comparatively light draft class and your team won already and you know or is this is this something that you think we're going to see in the future?
1: I I do think it's going to be something that we see in the future because the you know the way that uh, which people are are transferring is you know it's inevitable that they're going to be presented with these opportunities. Um, A a lot of marks on the. In like this, where where we win a national championship, um, and and they have you know maybe uh, you know forty eight hours to decide whether what what they're going to do with their future. Um, I you know to me, I think Caleb was probably more meaning um, towards um, declaring than uh, than Alicia Alisa caught me off guard. I, I will tell you that because everything. You know that she said was, you know that she was going to be here for three years, you know. But, you know, when opportunity knocks, um, and I, th- I think they looked at kind of what that draft was going to look like next year, and it just it did. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not mad or upset. I think when you're presented with that opportunity, and and you're going to graduate, they 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 committed to graduation. They got the best of both worlds, and I can't be mad at them. I can't. Uh, I got to just support their decision to do that. That they're pros. They're gonna, you know, be pros this year, next year, and and years to come. Um, I'm just glad we got the national championship out of it. And
0: yeah, as long as they're gonna graduate, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Now, Coach, you know, I would be remiss if already this I didn't talk about a little bit about the transfer epidemic that's going on too. I mean, I was really su- caught by surprise. By some of these people that are, that are already leaving schools, Destiny Slocum, the Notre Dame duo, yes, I mean, you, rarely do you see somebody leave Notre Dame, especially somebody that was getting big minutes. I, I mean, what, what's up with this coach? It, to me, being on the outside, it kind of sounds like somebody's in these players' ears a little too much, be it coaches, a, older AAU coaches or parents or, you know, newsflash, being a freshman in college is tough
1: be tough transition of your life be tough because you're you know you're thrown in a different environment culturally um, socially athletically academically all of these things are, are it's a crash course um, when you come to college I, I don't think you know people do their total due diligence when when they're taking colleges and, and it's hard because you got to foresee I always try to get hard You know, people that we recruit to look, you know, a year ahead or two years ahead to say, you know, who is it that you want to sit across from when you're not having a good day? Who is it that you want to text in the middle of the night? You know, when you're homesick or something's not going right? Because as much as the buildings and and the national championships and all of that, you know, it's the people that make it that make it work. And when you know, when you don't have that relationship when you don't feel you know the trust um it's not going to work out you you have to have that I, I think kids nowadays and parents and people that are significant in their lives um when they don't do their due diligence this happens this really happens so um it's it's the way of our of our world now you know so you have to plan for it you're gonna plan for it. you're not having the same losses you know, from one year to the next. Yeah, you know, hopefully, you know, it doesn't impact all of us in this way, but, you know, it is what it is. It's just like a, you know, instant gratification, and it doesn't, you know, feel good today, and I'm gonna make it feel good somewhere else. I mean, but it's not good. It's not good, you know, but it is what it is, and we have to, we have to deal with it.
0: Well, that is for sure, and I think that you said that very well. I appreciate your thoughts on that. You know, Coach, I do have one other question for you. Now, if I were you, you know, after just this, winning the national championship and being named USA national team coach, I would retire because it ain't going to get any better than these last couple months.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It can get better. You can win multiple national championships. You can can win a gold medal. You can – I mean, you – I think (laughs) – it's good as far as you know where we are today, but you know my biggest thing is is too is just being a dream merchant for young people. You know I am extremely happy for Elena Coates. I'm extremely happy for uh, Kayla Davis, and extremely happy for Alicia Gray. They're living out their dreams, and this is this is what I've wanted. You know I'm living out my dream now. I want our young players to live out their dreams, and and the people that follow us, Wilson, the Bianca Cuevas. I want to be next year at the draft, seeing them live out their dreams. If it's Alexis Jennings, if she comes out, I want to be a part of, you know, them living out their dreams and playing basketball for as long as possible.
0: Well, coach, so that's
1: why I'm in it. And then win some national championships along the way. That's a
0: pretty good goal. I wouldn't object to that, too. I guess it can get better. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Coach, congratulations again. Thanks for taking time. I know that you're, you know, between uh, unveiling new streets in your name and, and, you know, trying to get that net washed maybe, uh, (laughs) I I know you've been busy. So uh, congratulations and thanks again for the time.
1: Oh, thanks for having me anytime